Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for listening. This episode is pretty much revealing a hidden secret that I haven't revealed on any of the episodes. And um, unfortunately, I call it the 17 second rule. And um, I hope you listen and maybe you can even take my own advice and apply this in your own life. So, again, thank you for listening. everybody so I watch um, a lot of Tony Robbins um, videos and I've been listening to a lot uh, about the law of attraction I pretty much have no other choice in my life I'm dealing with my wife's disorder of BPD and I had mentioned there was something I haven't mentioned in other episodes and a year and a half ago when me and my wife had split up. She had um, had a, a small relation with another man, and at first we became friends. And, and with her disorder, starting for attention, and one thing led to another, and she literally madly fell in love with this guy. And I mean, head over heels. Uh, I have found her texting him. Um, begging him to come visit her and uh, asking, you know, they had done something all night long and, and he ignored her and, you know, she felt dirty and cheap and blah, blah, blah. But this has happened over the years of our marriage. She just never could get enough attention and that's one of the traits of BPD. And, um, of course, it's put a strain on the marriage all these years. And the time we were split up and I was trying to do everything I could, trying to learn DBT and study her disorder and everything I could about it and everything about her, letters she written me. It wasn't more things I did, it was more things I didn't do. And, you know, she accused me of not making her feel loved and beautiful. 
and we got back together a year and a half ago, and I literally have done everything she said I didn't do, but she had her entire focus on this guy, and one time I asked her, um, I forget how it actually came up, and I said, are you in love with me? She said, I'll always love you. She avoided the question. I kept saying, are you in love with me? She said, no, I'm not in love with you. She wouldn't admit she's in love with the other guy, but um, many texts and letters that she wrote, that she is, and I know she is. And even recently, we haven't been together for almost three weeks, and she has been constantly trying to text him, and you know hasn't reached him, and he won't reach out to her. But she's obsessed, literally obsessed. I had mentioned in other episodes how she literally had said out loud, "If he was here, you know, I'd do things with him." Blah blah blah. So, anyways, I was listening to a Tony Robbins video last week, and a law of attraction video, and this guy had done what they call the 17 second rule. And it was exactly how Tony Robbins had explained it. So I went up there one day and I said, I just want five minutes, five minutes with you. And right before that, she was, uh, she had gone to the restroom and I looked around the room and I quickly counted about 17 red things that I could pick out. It was a book, a folder, lampshade, um, a picture, um, a couple other pictures she had drawn, um, a, a stuffed monkey, and some other things. So anyways, I actually know there was there was 22 things that I picked out. I remember that. It was 22 things. And one of them was a cactus. So anyways, as she sat down, and I said, I want you to look around the room. I'm going to give you 17 seconds. And I want you to find as many brown things as you can find. And at the end of 17 seconds, I want you to count how, you know, tell me how many brown things you have found. And, um, and so anyway, so I, I said, all right, start now. And I counted 17 seconds. I stopped. And I said, how many brown things did you see? And she said, 12. I said, all right. How many red things did you see? She said, well, you didn't tell me to look anything red. You said brown. I said, I know. But I looked around the room and I counted 22 red things. I said, the whole point of the matter is you were looking for the things that you wanted to see, that you were told to see, but you directed towards one, one color. But you didn't see the things that were right in front of you. They're always right here. But when I pointed them out, you could see them. And I kept telling you I was in love with you. That I could do everything for you. And you constantly tell me that I'm not in love with you. That I didn't make you feel loved again during the second try. Yet all these red things were right in front of you the whole time. And you just didn't want to see it. Because you wanted to see something you wanted that wasn't going to happen. So that was the whole moral of the 17 second rule. Because I tried telling her I was there the whole time. I tried. I said, I learned about your disorder. I read every letter you wrote me. I saw the things I did, the things I didn't do. I did the things you said I didn't do. I'd done better in the last year and a half than I had in almost 30 years. But yet, there's one thing you wanted, 
that doesn't want you. You're obsessed with it. And I know you know in your heart it'll never happen. Yet what was right in front of you, what was willing to deal with your disorder, take 10 days of harsh punishment to get two days of heaven, bought you a star, told you nobody could ever take that star away from you. It'll always be yours forever. That when anything bothered you, you could look up and see the one thing that you owned. The one thing that I got you. But anyways, maybe you can apply this in your own life. Like I said, I, I believe in DBT immensely. DBT can help you step back, be in the moment, and kind of pause yourself, be mindful, and not say the things that afterwards you say, I should have said this or I should have said that. And I know some people may think I'm getting a little bit more into a personal matter than with the disorder, but I'm not. Everybody knows with DBT, a lot of people do promiscuous things and stand out there, and she's always been like that. And that's always been part of her disorder, the, probably the worst part, the hardest part that's always hurt me, is her seeking attention from other people, putting herself in the center of attention. And I'm not like that, I'm an introvert. And, but yet I get accused of it all the time. And I've dealt with that as well. But anyways, I wanted to bring that up because it was kind of a touching moment. And what was weird was, she had nothing to say. Nothing. She sat there and just looked at me. And I purposely told her I only wanted a few minutes with her. I said, I gotta go now. I have things I have to do. I gave her a hug and a kiss. I told her I loved her. And she said, I love you too. And I left. I haven't talked to her since then. That was... Six days ago. In so many ways, it's a long story why there's no communication at the moment, but I wanted her to think about it. I'm glad there's no communication. But um, there's a lot of tragedy that happened the last couple of days that I'm dealing with, so I haven't made any episodes. But I thought that was important. Maybe a lot of you can use that 17 second rule, it's very powerful. And if it could get her to actually not respond and sit there and look at me, it's a powerful moment. It was very powerful. Probably the only time in 30 years I ever um, experimented with, with something I, I learned and not have her come back with a comeback. Not at all. It really made her think. So anyways, you can apply it in your own life. Think of a situation where you could actually do that. Mine was because she was so focused on this other guy and in love with something that it didn't do anything for her that I've been begging for her to let me win her heart back. And it was all right there, right in front of her. But anyways, I thank you again for listening. And just remember, if you have somebody in your life with BPD, love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to love themselves. Thank you again for listening. You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show, and please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can, because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.